You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Special Reports on Legal Talk Network. This is Sharon Nelson. I'm here with John Simic, and we're the host for today's show, which is being recorded at the American Bar Association's Mid-Year Meeting in San Diego, California. Today, our topic is the Judicial Clerkship Program. And I'm John Simic. We're here to cover this event and its highlights for you, our listeners. Sponsors of our event today are LexisNexis, who provides the technology and legal research for the program, and the organizers, which are the Judicial Division and the Council for Racial and Ethnic Diversity in the Educational Pipeline. Joining me now, I have Judge Heather Welsh and Judge Leo Brisboy. Before we get started, please tell us about yourself. Like, where do you work and kind of where you where you sit today? I'm Leo Brisboy. I'm a United States Magistrate Judge uh, for the District of Minnesota. Uh, my chambers is located in Duluth, Minnesota. My name's Heather Welch, and I'm a state trial court judge from the state of Indiana. I work in the Marion Superior Courts in the Civil Division, and that's located in Indianapolis, Indiana. Great. Well, tell us, if you would, a little bit about the program, because I think a lot of our listeners probably are not familiar with it. Well, Judge Welch and myself are the co-chairs for the 2016 Judicial Clerkship Program. The Judicial Clerkship Program uh, is in its 16th year, and it started uh, under the auspices of uh, Justice Frank Sullivan of the Indiana Supreme Court. The goal at that time was to increase uh, diversity, both racial, ethnic, and other underrepresented communities, in law clerk positions uh, at court levels all across the country, be it federal appellate, federal trial, state appellate, state trial, even administrative judges uh, at state and federal levels. Uh, The reason being is that uh, you can't increase the diversity of the judiciary unless you're bringing people into the judiciary at the beginning stages, which is the law clerk stage, that reflect society as well in a diverse way. Um, And some progress has been made, uh, but unfortunately, uh, even today, uh, I think the statistic we heard today was that uh, law clerks uh, are only 17% of law clerks currently uh, are represented by uh, communities of color or other underrepresented communities. Um, And so the Judicial Clerkship Program continues in its efforts to give law students uh, an introduction to what it means to be a judicial law clerk, how to position themselves and prepare to make themselves attractive candidates for judicial clerkships, and then meet and learn from judges about opportunities that are out there, the different kinds of courts that are out there, the different kinds of jurisdictions and caseloads that are out there, so that they can position themselves to to pursue those opportunities. Well, Judge Welsh, is there any more on the history of the the program that you wanted to add to that? Uh, Sure, I can add, um, knowing, uh, I call him now Professor Justice Frank Sullivan, he sat on the Indiana Supreme Court for about 14 years, and then he's now a professor at the Indiana University Robert H. McKinney School of Law. And uh, knowing Justice Sullivan, as I do, he always felt it was important to have diversity in, in the clerks that served for him on the Supreme Court. And I'm sure when he was thinking of this idea, that he thought this would be a good way to create a pipeline of uh, students that were diverse and filled minority categories to start serving as clerks for uh, judges in state court and, and federal courts. So I think that's where it came from. And um, 
He is very devoted to students, is a wonderful mentor. I've had a law clerk that he mentored, and so um, it's really a passion that he has. Well, what kind of activities do these students take part in? What, what do they actually do? Uh, the program uh, lasts over the course of uh, two and a half days uh, here at Midyear Meeting in San Diego. And um, they start uh, by, after registration, they're exposed to uh, introductions and greetings by the leadership of the ABA, the president, uh, President Brown, the president-elect uh, Klein, the executive officer of the uh, ABA, um, Jack Rives, Jack Rives uh, as well as the leaders of the two organizing uh, divisions of the ABA spoke to them. Uh, and then they heard from uh, a keynote address. The, in this case, it was uh, Eric Taylor. He's the uh, president of the California Judges Association. Uh, they are welcomed uh, the importance of judicial clerkships, the importance of diversity in the judiciary, and the emphasis that the ABA places on the program and diversity is is put forth for them so that they understand that this is a true commitment of the organization. Uh, and then they hear uh, an opening panel of judges from state, federal, trial, appellate, international courts, administrative law courts, and uh, before we get into a research practicum where they work on with uh, volunteer judges. And I'm going to ask Judge Welch to explain uh, the opening panel and what the focus of that was. Well, the focus of the opening panel is for us to have a a group of diverse judges from federal and state court, administrative law judges, to give uh, the law students an idea of what the judges are looking for when they're hiring students, uh, how they can make connections in um, applying for these positions. We had Colonel uh, Morant, who uh, works for an international court. She's actually worked for a number of international courts, so she brings a very... um, diverse perspective and and give students an opportunity to serve in uh, internships or law clerk positions all over the world. So it really gives them an idea of what the judges are expecting, what things they should and should not do, um, how they can be kind of become a a member of the judge's family by having a clerkship program. How big is a program? How many judges and and law students are are involved in it? Uh, This year we have 72 students participating and they're from schools all over the country. Uh, we have over 50 judicial volunteers who have attended uh, the mid-year meeting for other ABA business and but make a priority of making their cells available to participate as volunteer judges uh, in this program over the two and a half days. So uh, the commitment of our volunteers is demonstrated by the fact that they come here uh, for no money uh, to be mentors and trainers and teachers uh, in this program. Almost sounds like a boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's beneficial for the law students because another big part of what they do is uh, Justice Sullivan every year drafts um, a research exercise for them. And so the objective is that they will do the research on the uh, problem that he has uh, submitted to them. They'll work with their uh, small groups, and then they'll actually draft a memorandum to the judge and the judges that they're working with. And the judges give them input on things they should and should not do in doing that. So I think it's very beneficial. Most of them haven't had that opportunity to draft something for a judge that they would utilize in an order. The other important 
important part is wherever uh, the mid-year meeting is, we uh, try to find a Court of Appeals, and we have the students go watch Court of Appeals arguments. So the 4th District of the California Court of Appeals was kind enough to uh, do that for us. I believe the students are going to hear uh, three oral arguments tomorrow morning. Uh, two will be on criminal cases and one will be on a civil case. And that's very beneficial to them because they've probably not had an opportunity to observe uh, an appellate court and uh, attorneys make arguments on various issues. And so it's a good part of the program to let them see lawyers working in action in addition with judges. In fact, in other uh, mid-year meetings uh, at these appellate arguments, the judges from those courts have made themselves and their clerks available for questions uh, very often. And that's a, another in-practice perspective that our students can get. Oh, that's, that's really wonderful. Are, are there any metrics that you all have developed for the uh, program to, to judge its effectiveness? Well, uh, we don't keep statistics uh, in the sense of who got hired and who didn't. Uh, but I can tell you anecdotally that many of our volunteers say, you know, I over the years have met and hired people from this program. Uh, we also get reports back that many of the alums of the program uh, get judicial clerkships uh, in their states, uh, in their federal courts, with judges who aren't volunteers in this program. So in that regard, uh, it is being productive. People are learning. They're molding their resumes and their law school experiences to make them the best possible candidates. Well, it sounds like you're, you're really having a dramatic impact, so that's wonderful. I think we are. And, you know, I, I think it's there's not a, a, an effective way for us to keep metrics, but I know one of the um, Supreme Court justices in my state has hired somebody from this program, probably at the urging of Professor Justice Sullivan. And the other uh, thing that we do in the program is the students will bring a copy of their resume and they, in the small groups and the judges they work with, uh, they kind of help them improve their resumes so that they'd be in good shape to start sending out to get judicial clerkship program. So is it only, you mentioned mid-year, is it only occur at mid-year? Is it only the two and a half days? It only occurs at mid-year. There are other activities that go on at the annual um, conference. So it, it just happens once a, once a year at the mid-year meeting. I would add, though, that it does take a year's work of planning to put it, to put it together. Uh, it, not only uh, the marketing, the recruitment of the schools, but the recruitment of the volunteers, the research problem development. Um, so it, it, it's not something that's easily put together in a very short time. So it, it's, it's a very detailed and uh, labor-intensive, labor-of-love, of course, uh, program. Uh, but I think that also speaks of why it has such a longevity and is so well thought of within the ABA. So the, the student's commitment, though, is more than just no, the correct? No, it's the oh, student's it's commitment is, is the two and a half days, okay. um, and as is their school, because they pay some money to get into the program. And uh, the year-long commitment are the volunteers of the committees from the two organizing uh, entities of the ABA. Well, maybe as a, a final question, I could ask you both to answer this. What's your favorite part of being involved with the program? Well, I've been involved for a number of years, and probably my favorite part of the program is just working uh, with the students in small groups and trying to encourage them, uh, giving them realistic uh, prospects on what they can do to um, obtain a judicial uh, 
clerk position and just mentoring them. Um, most of us you'll find that have become judges had great mentors, and so we want to give back to our profession to make sure we can build that pipeline of diverse uh, law clerks and diverse judges. Well, I've been uh, a volunteer judge for a few years, and this is my second year as a, one of the co-chairs for the program. And I think for me, the most important part or the, the best part is that at the end of the two and a half days, we send 70 plus students back to their law schools who may have come here with a grain of a notion of what it means to be a law clerk. And even then, it's a very narrow, blinded-like notion. And after being exposed to so many different judges from so many different parts of the country, from so many different types of courts, they understand that, you know, if I want to be a judicial law clerk, and unfortunately my first application is a denial, then I've got an innumerable number of other opportunities to pursue uh, and get the same experience uh, as I begin my professional career. So, and I think that, to me, is an you can see that light bulb go on for students at the end of the two and a half days that the variety of what's available is something they didn't think of or even were aware of when they started the program. Well, we'd like to thank you both, Judge Wealth, Judge Brisbaugh, for coming with us uh, today and being our guests. Um, This has been very educational. I'm sure people are interested in knowing where they might get further information about the program. Uh, You can go to the ABA's website, go to the uh, JD division, and look for Judicial Clerkship Program, and it should be on there. Uh, It will provide details about the past programs. There are some brochures, I think, that are there electronically. So that would probably be the easiest way for folks to do that. And I would encourage uh, alums who are from any law school who are listening to this program to uh, approach their career services office and encourage them to check out that website and these, this program uh, because we get new schools every year and, and they uh, become repeat schools. Well, great. Thank you again for joining us. This has been a special edition of Special Reports. Until next time, uh, this is John Simic and Sharon Nelson thanking you very much for listening today. Yeah, you guys did a great job. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.